My name is Rick Renner, and today I am in Bethlehem, and this is the Church of the Nativity, a church that was constructed in the 6th century by the Emperor Justinian. So that means this building is about 1,500 years old. But that's not the first church that was built here. Under the floor of this church is another one that was built at the order of Helena, who was the mother of Constantine. She came to Israel in the year 326 and stayed here for two years because she wanted to identify historic sites pertinent to the life of Jesus. Well, when she came in the year 326, that was very early, very close to the time of Jesus, so close that the great-great-grandchildren of people who lived in Jesus' time were still alive, and they were interviewed. She interrogated them, and scientifically, they identified the locations where holy events took place. Sometimes people come to Israel, and they're a little put off and offended by these holy sites because they're so highly decorated and ornamented and people say, well, how do we know these are really the sites? Because Helena came very early on and she interviewed the people who knew. It's hard to argue with history. This really is the site where Jesus was born. Not here, not in this nave, but down below in a cave under this church. That's the site where Jesus really was born. And by the way, that is a fact that never really has been disputed. It was identified very early in the Christian faith and was regarded as the holy place where Jesus was born. But today I'm in Bethlehem, and today I'm going to talk to you about events that took place right here. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad you've joined me. And today we're beginning a brand new series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. And because it's Christmas, I wanted somebody from our family to be with me on these programs. Well, Denise is doing a women's meeting in another country. Paul is downtown Moscow ministering at the church. Philip is doing his music ministry in America. So today I am very blessed and you're blessed to have Joel Renner with us. Hey, Joel. Oh, thank you so much. I'm the lucky one. Joel, we're gonna have a good time. Yes, thank you. We're gonna really dive into the Bible. And today we're gonna be seeing what the Bible tells us about Mary. The Bible says Mary was highly favored. Why was she highly favored? We're going to see that today in our message. But first, I wanna tell you that we're offering you my series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats. This really is a series you will want. You will want it for your Bible study group. You will want it to share with a friend. You want it to share with your children. Even your children will love this. And it comes with a terrific study guide. We're also offering you Sparkling Gems 1 and Sparkling Gems 2. These are really heavy books. Not just physically heavy, but spiritually they are heavy. They are filled with meat. And they are daily devotionals. Don't be scared by the size. You just read a little bit every day, day by day, day by day. You dive into the New Testament with me as I open the Greek New Testament for you in a daily devotional format. And my friend, I want to tell you, you do not have a devotional like this. This really is a devotional in a category of its very own. 
It will take you deeper into the Word of God, and I will help you go there day by day. It's wonderful. Also, right now, for everyone who becomes a partner, you may ask, what is a partner? A partner is not one who just prays for us. There are many people who pray for us, and we're so thankful for that. We need prayer. But a partner is someone who gives financially, regularly into our ministry to help us take this teaching to people all over the world who are crying for someone to bring them the verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the Bible. People need the verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the Bible. And if this program and this teaching has been a blessing to you, then please help us to make it be a blessing to someone else. We really need your help to do this. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do the research. We have a whole team that produces these programs, but we need people like you to put fuel in the tank, that's finances, so that we can take this program on the air to people all over the world. We really need your help. And for those who become partners, we send them my book called Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. I dedicated this book to our partners because I know everyone goes through hard times and they can survive, they can even thrive. Partner, you can thrive, you really can. This book is dedicated to partners. So when you become a partner, we immediately send this to you to initiate our partnership relationship. We also send you Denise's little book called The Gift of Forgiveness, which is small, but it is packed with dynamite about how to be released from unforgiveness and how to release forgiveness to others. These two things are just wonderful, and we send them to everyone who begins to be a partner with our ministry. But today, Let's go right to our Bibles. You got your Bible, Joel? I have my Bible. All right. As we begin this new series called Christmas, the rest of the story, we're going to begin by looking at the life of Mary, why God chose Mary. In the Bible, we're told that Mary was highly favored. That's what Gabriel said to her. Why was she highly favored? Is there a reason why God chose Mary? There are a lot of young girls that God could have chosen. Have you ever thought about that? Yes, I have. There's a lot of people God can choose. But why does he choose certain individuals? Does God just write everybody's name on pieces of paper, throw them into a brown paper sack, and then swish them all together, reach his hand in and pull out her name randomly and say, this is the one I'm going to use? Or is there a concrete reason why God uses people? And the answer is yes. And if God's chosen me, if God's chosen Joel, if God's chosen you, there's a specific reason why he's chosen you for a specific task. God does nothing randomly. God is very predictable in the way that he works. God is very predictable. We know this from scripture. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible today. But today we're going to begin by looking at the life of Mary. And we know a lot about Mary from the Bible and not just from the Bible, but from other sources that were written by early Christian writers. You know, in the early days of the church, it wasn't just poor people coming to Christ. There were a lot of really intelligent, educated people who came to Christ who knew how to write. And many of them we call the early church fathers. And they wrote a lot of history that we don't have in the Bible. And it's very accurate history. And you can imagine Mary was such a central figure to the Christian story. They recorded a lot of information about Mary. We know about Mary's parents. We know about her father's profession. We know how Mary was raised, where she was raised. We know a lot about Mary, even from sources outside the Bible. So today I'm going to give you a lot from the Bible, and I'm going to give you extra biblical information, which was written by early church fathers, 
And I think we're going to put it all together and see why God chose Mary. And we have a lot to cover. Are you ready, Joel? I'm ready. All right, let's begin. We're going to start with Mary. And we have to begin by reading the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at Joseph, who was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, here she is, 128. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Why was she highly favored? Why was Mary chosen? Luke 129. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Luke 1.30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. Twice the angel says Mary has been favored, which means she's been chosen for a special purpose. Luke 1.31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I know not a man. Notice Mary did not say, This cannot be. She did not argue. She simply said, How? How? That's a normal question to ask. She didn't argue. She had an open heart. She just said, How? And the angel answered her in verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 38. Then said Mary, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. This word handmaid is very important. It describes a female servant. She's basically saying, I am your servant. I'm available for any assignment you want to give me. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Well, because of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and because of the writings of other early Christian writers, there's a lot of historical information we know about this Mary, the Virgin Mary, who gave birth to Jesus. And some of these facts are repeated so often in early Christian history that we know they are affirmed to be true. For example, we know Jesus' grandfather have you ever thought that Jesus had a grandfather? Most people haven't really thought about that, but Jesus had somebody he called grandpa. Yes, he might have had two. He did have two. His grandfather on Joseph's side was Jacob. His name is given to us in Matthew chapter 1. Jesus' grandfather on Mary's side was Mary's father. His name was Joachim. His name is given to us in Luke chapter 3. Jesus had cousins. He did. He had real cousins. Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were his cousins, and they had a, a child whose name was John, who became John the Baptist. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. In addition, we know from Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, that Jesus had four brothers. The Bible even gives us the name of his brothers. They were James, Jude, Joseph, Simeon. And the Bible says he had sisters. In Greek, it is plural, which means there were at least two. So if you count James, Jude, Joseph, Simeon, at least two sisters, and then add Jesus... The New Testament tells us there were at least seven members in Jesus' immediate family. But when you put it all together in the New Testament, we have 14 names of people 
who were relatives of Jesus in some way. Is that amazing? It is. Fourteen people in the New Testament were Jesus' relatives. That's a lot of information. But today we're focusing on Mary, not on his family. She gave birth to Jesus and she raised Jesus. She was at the cross with Jesus. Mary saw him after the resurrection. Mary was there on the day of Pentecost, and we read in Luke chapter 1 that she was among, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1, that she was among those who were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues on the day of Pentecost. So the Virgin Mary was a Pentecostal in the truest sense of the word. We know that she later lived in Ephesus with the Apostle John, where she was cared by John until the time of her death. She probably in Ephesus visited with Luke and gave many details to Luke about the birth of Jesus. That's where Luke obtained most of his information about the birth of Jesus. Isn't wow. that amazing? That Luke amazing. and Mary sitting side by side as Mary began to dictate and tell Luke all these affairs that occurred around the birth of Jesus. But in addition to what the Bible tells us, we know other things about Mary from early Christian writings that tell us more of the story of Mary. For example, for example, Due to other early Christian records, we know Mary's parents were older, her own parents were older, and they had no children. And because they had no children, they prayed for a long time for God to give them a child, and they made a vow that if God would give them a child, they would dedicate that child to the Lord. And early Christian writers record that when Mary was born, her parents did exactly what they had said when they prayed, and they presented Mary to the Lord and dedicated her to God for God's service. So Mary was dedicated to God as a baby, and this mindset was ingrained into Mary as she was growing up. Her parents told her she was born for a special purpose. Her parents told her God had a plan for her life. Her parents told her that she was raised, she was born, she was being raised to serve God, that's why she came into the world. Isn't that powerful? That is amazing. And I think it worked because when Gabriel appeared to Mary, she could talk to Gabriel. If Gabriel appeared to me, I don't know if I could say anything. Does that mean I did a bad job raising you? Absolutely not. But Mary was very logical. She said, how can this be? She didn't say it can't be. She said, how? She really very positive. A very mature answer. It was very interesting. It proves how she was raised. But you know what? This makes me want to ask you a question. Have you dedicated your own children or your grandchildren to the Lord? You know, today many churches have baby dedications, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? A baby dedication is not the salvation of a child. In fact, a baby dedication, it's really a parent dedication. That's really what it is. It's the parent standing before God with a baby in their arms saying, God, I'm going to raise this child according to your word. I'm going to raise this child in church. I'm going to ingrain into this child that this child has been born for your purposes. I'm going to raise this child to think right, live right, serve you, to get saved at an early age. A baby dedication, in reality, is a parent dedication. That's what it is. But Mary's parents dedicated her to the Lord at a very, very early age. And I want to ask you, what are you imparting to your child? Have you dedicated your child to the Lord? Have you in your own heart dedicated your grandchildren to the Lord? You can do that. Instill in them that they were brought into this world to do something special. But let's continue with Mary. What do we know about her dad? 
What do we know about Mary's father? Well, early Christian records tell us that Mary's father was in full-time ministry as a scroll scholar. He was a man of the Word of God, a man committed to the Scriptures. Because he was a scroll scholar meant that he was in the synagogue all the time because that's where the scrolls were. So for our vernacular, we would say he was a man that was at church all the time. He was involving his family in the synagogue. They were always attending synagogue. They were people of the synagogue, or we would say in today's language, they were really committed to their local church. I think about my parents because my parents took me to church as a young child. In fact, the earliest time I was ever in church, I was already eight days old. My parents were already taking me to church. We were involved in church. Our whole life revolved around the church. Everything we did had to do with our friends at the church. We really didn't even have life outside of the church. That's kind of the environment that Mary grew up in because her father was a scroll scholar and his life was involved in the local synagogue. Do you take your children to church? By the way, don't give them an option. If you teach your children that they don't have to go, then they'll think church is optional. Do you tell your kids that school is optional? Do you ask your kids if they want to go to school? Of course not. You make them go to school because you believe they need an education. Well, they need church even more than they need an education. They need a spiritual education. Don't make your children think that church is optional. It is not optional. And Mary grew up in an environment where she was taught that serving the Lord was a top priority. Her father was a scroll scholar. The word of God was dominant in their home. But Mary's father was a scroll scholar. And we know that later they relocated to Nazareth. That's what we read in Luke chapter 1. But nearby Lazarus, Nazareth was a city called Sephoris. Mm -hmm. And in Sephoris, there was a fabulous synagogue. And that is where Mary's father served as a scroll scholar. This is very important. In fact, you've taken me to Sephoris. I have. Very few people go there. I don't know why. It's a magnificent place. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. You can see Nazareth from Sephoris. It's just a, a little walk. Beautiful place. But this tells us that this family's whole life, their whole existence was built around the Word of God. Everything they did was around the Word of God. So again, we can see that Mary's father, Mary's mother, Mary's family, they were dedicated to the Scriptures, and God's Word was central to them. And in Matthew 1, verse 18, we read that when Mary became old enough, she was betrothed to Joseph. What does it mean to be betrothed? Well, let's look at it in Matthew 1.18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother, Mary, was espoused, it's really the word betrothed, to Joseph, before they came together, it's talking about a sexual union, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Well, Jewish girls were eligible for betrothal at the age of 12. And probably Mary was between the age of 12 and 14 years old. And it was traditional for girls to become betrothed at that age. And here's the way that it worked. A public announcement was made that a marriage had been arranged. Then they entered into one year of training and preparation for marriage. One full year of training and preparation. At the end of that period, there was a ceremony in which the bride and the groom were finally joined and during the year of preparation, no sexual relationship was permitted. This was a year of training. It was a year of preparation. It was a full year of getting ready for a lifelong commitment. And by the way, one reason I believe why there are so many divorces today is because people enter into marriage so easily 
and so hastily. Not among the Jews. The Jews took it so seriously, they took one full year to train and to prepare. That's why I believe it's so very important for people to go to marriage counseling before they get married. Take time, work on this. This is the most serious commitment you're ever going to make in your life. And when the Bible says she was betrothed to Joseph, it was a full year of training, preparation, and sexual purity. This is very important. It means that you should be serious about who you're getting ready to marry. This is a lifelong commitment. There's no relationship more important than marriage. But Luke 1 27 says Mary was a virgin and she was a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at Joseph. And again, that word espoused is the word betrothal. It describes this one year of training and preparation. And according to Matthew 1.18, it was during this year of training and preparation and sexual purity that she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Wow. So what do we know about Mary? Well, we know that her parents prayed for her before she was born. We know that her parents instilled in her that she was born to serve God's house. We know that her parents raised her in church, in the synagogue, and she understood her lifelong commitment was to the Word of God and to her local congregation. Mary was raised in a home where God's Word was the priority and the Word of God was central to Mary even as a girl. Mary was raised to believe that she was to obey God and when the will of God was revealed to her, she didn't argue with it. She said, how? But she didn't say it can't be. She accepted it. In fact, she said, I'm your handmaiden. She had no struggle accepting the will of God because she had been so well-raised and well-trained by her parents. So when you look at the story of Mary, it is no accident that God said she was highly favored. God's choices are not accidental. She was an intentionally prepared by her parents. She was taught to serve God faithfully and locally. She was taught to explicitly obey God, whatever God asked her to do. And so today I want to ask you, how are you doing to raising your own child or any child that God has entrusted into your care? Train them, teach them. They were brought into this world for a special purpose. Prepare them so that when God's will comes to them, they won't say this can't be. They'll just say, Lord, just tell me how. I'm your handmaid. I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you've asked. We'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story, but what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered, what was the star that guided the wise men and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child? Available in digital or physical format starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. Most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In Sparkling Gems from the Greek, 
Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today. Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion book Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order. My name is Joel Renner, coming to you from Moscow, Russia. And I want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners. It's because of your support, we can reach out to people during the Christmas season. Every Christmas, we put on a program for the people in the community surrounding our church. And it is amazing to me that we always encounter those who think Jesus' birth was a fairy tale. But that doesn't matter because they need to hear the truth regardless of what they think. Every year through this Christmas outreach, people hear the good news of Jesus Christ and many people's lives are changed. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you know the truth, it will set you free. So it is our duty as Christians to share the truth about Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the truth will change people's lives. It's always amazing to me to see how many children come to our church during the Christmas season when their parents many of them don't believe in God but I want to tell you that children need to hear about Jesus Christ and they'll take the good news to their families it takes money to share the gospel to the ends of the earth and to our nearby world as well what we do in our community and throughout the city of Moscow and in the former Soviet Union is all possible because of the support of our generous partners people like you if you're not already a partner will you consider joining us as partners today when you do your help allows us to reach more souls quality Bible teaching from God's Word. We simply can't do this without people just like you joining the team in this work financially. With your help together, we can take the gospel of Christ both to our nearby world and to the ends of the earth. That's the vision of Renner Ministries. We all have a part to play, and right now you can help us help others by becoming one of our partners today. Your gift of any size will support this essential and urgent work of getting the gospel to people this Christmas season and beyond. Please call or go online to renner.org. To your generous support, we can continue you make a huge difference in people's lives around the world. Today, we literally flew through this information, and tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to look at why God chose Joseph. God did not just randomly choose Joseph to be the foster father of Jesus. There was a reason why God chose Joseph. There's a reason why God chooses people. If God's chosen you, there is a reason why. Don't miss tomorrow's program. But I want to tell you again that if you need prayer, we're here for you. We would love for our telephone to ring so we could begin to put our faith together with you. We really mean that. And right now we're offering you my series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. You're going to love this series. I'm enjoying it so much, and it comes with a study guide that's filled with all the information. It comes in multiple formats. We're also offering you my books, Sparkling Gems 1 and Sparkling Gems 2. Joel, these are just great books, aren't they? They are super books. People have these all over the world, don't they? Especially during the Christmas season. People give them to each other as gifts, and it is wonderful. Well, if you don't have yours, be sure to order your copy today. You're going to love these. What a gift you could give to someone else, especially as we approach the first of the year. And... 
for everyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. That's anyone who partners with us financially to help us take this teaching around the world. We immediately initiate our partnership relationship with them by sending them a copy of my book, Life in the Combat Zone. It's about thriving, overcoming, surviving difficult situations. Wow, it's so powerful and dedicated to partners. And we send them Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. Thank you for being our partner. If you are a partner, we're so grateful to you. But let me pray for you. Father, thank you that Joel and I could be with all of our friends today. Lord, we're so grateful for this opportunity. We ask that you bless them. And Lord, we know that you have chosen them for a special purpose. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. 